This is the Stockton-San Joaquin County Public Library. Enjoy the Hoopla content you love in a new way with Hoopla Flex. Hoopla Flex allows you to borrow five titles from the library, return one Flex title to get another, check out a Flex title marked available, and start reading. Recording has started. Hi, and welcome back to Dark Fascination. I'm Brianna, and as always, joining me is Jody. And this month, we read a book about the infamous Belle Gunness. This one, it's pretty, also pretty darn close to the true story. It, I mean, ish. If <laughs> if you believe adjacent. Yeah, if you believe her story, I do feel like this book makes her out to be like more sympathetic than maybe she actually was in real life. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> parts, part, yeah, parts. Yeah, of it. I should say the title of the book is "In the Garden of Spite," a novel of the Black Widow of Laporte by Camilla Bruce. Uh, who writes a lot of true crime adjacent fiction, if this is something that you enjoy. So, Jody, do you want to give us a little rundown of Belle Gunness, who she was, and all of that? So, Belle Gunness, um, also known as Hell's Bell, which is a very apropos name. <laughs> with Black Wid- the Black Widow of the Midwest. You might also be familiar with um, something called murder farm um that's all bell gunness all the same lady um so she was a female serial killer between the late 1800s and the early 1900s um there's a a very thorough book by harold Schechter called hell's princess if you want to read um some actual information about her and then there's many documentaries many podcasts but a lot of them have very different variations of information, and so I kind of went with the ones that were most common. There's a lot of mythology around her early years and her alleged crimes, um, so not everything is. I would not. I'm not going to say it's 100% factual because there's some stuff they're just you know speculating on. Um, so she was born Brunhild Paul's daughter in 1859 in Norway, and she's the youngest daughter of eight kids to a stonemason raised on a small farm and she grew up to be very physically strong and standing tall at five foot nine one of her earliest crimes but it's unverified and it is also in the book is that she um when she was a teenager she got pregnant by um a young man from a very wealthy family and he didn't want the baby or to marry her and so she was attacked and beat so badly that she lost the baby and nothing happened to him. He wasn't prosecuted um, or anything like that. But they say that she told her personality totally changed after that. But again, there's no proof of this happening and there's no proof that her childhood was anything but average besides being poor and that she had to work super hard. Um, So you can't take that as, um, you know, a reason for her her future um, killing Fine. spree. Uh-huh. 
Um, <laughs> so allegedly this one of her first crimes is a short time after the man um, beat her and she lost the baby and whatnot. He died of what they said was stomach cancer or was it, was this her first poisoning victim? We don't really know. Um, we'll say it was for now. <laughs> so after all that, and there was so much gossip and scandal and drama, um, she emigrated to the U.S. where her sister was already, her older sister was already living. Um, and she changed her name because she wanted to have a more American. So she changed her name to Bella. Um, and she moved to Chicago where she worked as a maid, um, which she did not like. She felt it was very beneath her. Um, she had very expensive tastes, very um, grand aspirations for how her life should be. She wanted to have servants and maids. Um, she didn't want to be one. So she was on a hunt for her husband. Um, and then she ended up marrying Mads Sorensen. Um, but, you know, what he had wasn't enough for her. So they ended up opening a candy store. Um, she had a very big sweet tooth, supposedly. Again, don't know Allegedly. for sure. <laughs> don't know for sure. Um, the candy store was struggling and she was worried about money. So then it mysteriously and magically burned down. Um, and they collected the insurance. Um, they bought a new house. Um, there's there's so many different things, too, about her kids. Okay, she had mm -hmm. kids. There's speculation which some of them were actually hers. and But most of the stuff says that they weren't hers. So I, I'm not going to say if they were hers or not. But they had kids. Two died from acute colitis, again, which is suspicious because it has the same symptoms as poisoning. They collected life insurance on the kids. Mm -hmm. um, she was obsessed with having children so that she even tried to adopt her sister's kid um, from her sister, which um, caused a rift between them. Uh, it's kind of weird to say, hey, give me your kid to your own sister. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'd be like, red flag. Um, but also, all of these kids in her care don't uh, live to be adults. Yes. There's some, like in the book, they were foster kids and then that mm -hmm. you know some of the information I read said yes she had foster kids some said no they were actually adopted some said no they were actually hers um, they could have been stolen for all we know yeah we don't know, we don't know. Um, but then um, her husband died um, conveniently on the day that his two life insurance policies had overlapped um, so that's very convenient. So she got a double payout. Hmm, not suspicious at all. Um, <laughs> doctor said he suffered from strychnine poisoning. However, the f other doctor had treated him for an enlarged heart. So they concluded that it was heart problems. Um, so she got away with that scot-free. Um, his family demanded an inquiry, but no charges were ever filed. So she collected her insurance and then she bought a farm again um then she married a recent widower um who already had a child um and then hmm, mysteriously that child died um while it was home alone with Belle. <laughs> um 
And then tragically that same year, that husband also had a tragic accident. Where he, a lot of accidents. Where he was struck on the head in the kitchen. Um, yeah. So no charges were ever filed for her that either. Um, even though the coroner said that it was murder, but she was too convincing. Um, again, she collected insurance. Um, it says um, that she was pregnant at the time and then gave to her son, Philip. Again, was she actually pregnant? Allegedly. Allegedly. We don't know if Philip was actually hers. Um, and she had also adopted a daughter, supposedly named Jenny. Um, and around this time, Jenny also disappeared, but she told everyone that Jenny went away to college. In California. Yeah, and that's why no one had seen her. Um, and then she ended up having a relationship with her farmhand, Ray Lanfear, Um, And he um, would get jealous if she had anyone coming around. Um, but he wasn't wealthy, and she really only cared about wealth. Yeah. Um, so she just, you know, led him around and made him do her bidding. Um, so eventually she put an ad in a lovelorn column in different newspapers in large cities, um, looking for, you know, looking for well-off men. Triflers need not apply. And Which they is must... a very famous. <laughs> that is in her actual ad. Um, and they, one of her requirements was that they must visit in person. Um, so she had several suitors who answered ads and visited. However, out of all those suitors, only one left Bell's farm alive. Alive. Um, yeah. So she'd have them come and get like money out of their bank accounts to start their lives together. Um, and then they would magically disappear after that, supposedly run off or go to visit relatives Mm -hmm. or change their mind or whatever. And Ray Lanfear was very jealous and he would do anything for Belle. So it is said that he would, you know, he helped her with the disposal. Um, and then he, she was, she set him up as a patsy, you know, telling everyone that he was jealous and he was mm-hmm. insane and he was harassing her and threatening her. Um, she was very smart. I will say. Belle. It's crafty. She's yeah. crafty. But a brother of one of her missing suitors refused to believe that um, his brother had just run off um, without contacting the family or anything. So he really persisted in his investigation. Um, And then um, she had hired another farmhand. And one night he awoke to smoke in the house. um, And he jumped out the window and barely survived. And the house burned to the ground. And they found the bodies of three children and a woman, so, so that was believed to be Belle and her three kids. Mm-hmm. However, Ray Lanfear was arrested for arson and murder, but then they concluded that one of the bodies was not Belle. Well, uh, it should the be body was beheaded. The body was beheaded, but also much shorter yes, than much Belle Gunness. Yes, because she was a big lady, a big sturdy lady, and this one was slight. Um, but I mean, she was very tall. Even now, she'd still mm-hmm. be considered tall. But back yeah. then, I'm sure she was like crazy tall. 
Yeah. And it was said, too, that she wasn't, like, super attractive, but she was learning all these men, I've just got to say. And if you look at her pictures, she's not terrible looking or anything. Um, no. But she's she's not a great beauty, for sure. Um, and then as the brother of one of the missing men um, kept continuing his investigation and pushing and pushing, um, they ended up digging up the area on the farm, and they found body parts. <laughs> Lots the body parts um some they could identify mm. people some they couldn't um so 14 of bell's victims were pieced together but they believe the total number of her victims is 40 or more um and then ray was convicted of arson but not murder and then before he died in prison he explained the details of all bell's crimes and victims um how she would um you know chloroform them and kill them in their sleep. Um, she'd chop them up and feed them to her hogs. Um, or she'd bury parts of them. Um, yeah, and then she, the woman that she pretended to be her body, she had lured with mm -hmm. a housekeeping job, um, murdered, decapitated her, disposed of the head. Which, and then she removed her say, own false teeth and like, put them with the body so that they would identify her. This is also like alleged, right? Yes. Nobody knows for sure. Did she live? Did she not? Nobody knows. Well, then it, so it said that she had amassed quite the fortune from all her insurance payouts and her schemes, um, upwards of more than $250,000, which would be millions today. Mm -hmm. um, and there's different stories and speculations about where and what Belle did after this. One story that was reported is that she became someone known as Esther Carlson, who was actually arrested in L.A. in 1931 for poisoning a man for his money. So that tracks. And But the ID was never proven. And then um, Esther Carlson died in prison awaiting trial. Um, so we don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't know where she went. We do know that she killed lots of people because they found her murder farm. Um, but we don't exactly know how many. It's yeah. like over it's 40, unknown. probably, but you don't and actually know. All of her children, she murdered all of her children mm -hmm. uh, and all of these men. Yes, for money. Yes. So it's, you know, many different stories, many variations. Again, lots of mythology around all of it. Um, so, you know, choose your facts, choose what you want to go with. The book was very close. Um, to the story, obviously, with, you know, added things, mm -hmm. added characters. Um, but yeah, that is Hell's Bell. Very evil. <laughs> yes, it's a wild story. And I mean, I do, like I said in the start, I really do think that the novel tries to garner a bit more sympathy for her at the beginning kind of like I guess just showing how somebody can can become a monster it's like that nature versus nurture debate but it seems like at least what Camilla Bruce thinks in her book that Belle was always this way even mm -hmm. as a small child like she always mm -hmm. had these tendencies and she's like very vengeful like, if you wrong her in any way or if she perceives any type of slight, she's, 
gonna get revenge and it's mm-hmm. gonna be through violence, which I think is showcased mostly in the novel. I mean, granted, this is a long time ago. So, you know, this whole thing took place a long time ago. So it's hard to say what really happened. And then there's nobody left to interview. Uh, and it was, was like say, very. <laughs> witnesses no no it's like very rural Norway so but it just seems like but I, I mean Camilla Bruce definitely did her research like she's got stuff in here that I mean you don't have to dig very hard to find but like just reimagining of her life I think I mean in the book anyways she doesn't seem like she has that many siblings or maybe they're just off working because we, we only need, like, a handful, like, two, like, one brother, I think, and then Nellie, the sister who moved to America, and the other well, sister the that stayed at home. I can't remember her name. Olina. Olina. Um, but, I mean, it, she had a pretty rough, in the book anyways, and we don't know if this is actually factually correct of what her childhood was, but in this fictionalized version she had a really tough childhood like her father was an alcoholic um and didn't seem to want to work that hard but wanted to profit from everybody else's work and her mom was kind of like had gotten so beaten down that she wasn't really gonna fight back or do anything except her parents did physically fight with each other so there was a history of violence in that family and that was a pretty commonplace thing, it seemed like, in their family, is to have, like, physical violence. Um, and then Belle, well, or Little Brynhild, as she is first, um, goes, you know, she, they, she goes off to work at a different, like, a bigger farm. And everybody in this town looks down on this family because they are so poor. But also, I think, because the dad is an alcoholic. So they already have a pretty big reputation in this community. Um, So she goes to this different farm. And I think she always had grand aspirations for herself of some kind. Like, when she goes to this farm, she wants to marry the farmer's son because she wants to move up. Because she doesn't, you know, want to continue living the life that she's living. And that does not go well at all. She thinks that she's going to like trap him because she's pregnant now and she's going to force him to marry her. And the priest likes her because she's super smart and seemingly, and this comes up again later, but seemingly very devout because she is so smart and she can read and, you know, she can memorize Bible verses. So she can spout anything off at the drop of a hat if you asked her to. So she's like, I'm going to make this priest who already likes me force you to marry me and this is how it's going to be and it's going to be my way Uh, and it doesn't that's not how it works out it does not it's really horrific what happens where he basically beats her and she loses the baby and then vengeance is her path to everyone (laughs) to everyone but it's like you know I know like Jody said that this is kind of when you know her behavior really shifted and I think it's interesting in this book that the the more we uncover, especially because we'll we oscillate back and forth between 
Belle's perspective and her sister Nellie's perspective, but like when we get Nellie's retelling of her childhood in the book, anyways, that this kind of has been Belle her whole life. Mm-hmm. This it, this instance didn't necessarily completely change her. It, she's always been this way, which makes more sense for how like evil she was and the horrible things she did. It makes more sense than saying like, oh she was fine until this one incident Mm -hmm. Um, you know so I yeah but yeah but again we do not know we don't know and it seems like in the book a lot of it is she doesn't want anybody's pity and she doesn't want to be a victim per se like she wants power and vengeance is how she takes that power and how she gets power over other people um but after the incident at the farm where the farmer's son beats her and she loses the baby and she finally, like, mostly recovers from that, she poisons him with rat poison slowly, like, a little bit at a time, which is, like, <laughs> kind of her go-to. Uh-huh. Um, she just keeps a little poison close to her. She gets upset <laughs> with you. Um, so then you'll be really sick for the next couple days. Yeah, it's interesting because it never, I didn't find anything either where it talks about like her education in that, you know, how does she know about all these different poisons? Because she doesn't always use the same one. No, she doesn't. No. So that was interesting. Um, But she's very smart. I mean, she's very, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with her manipulations and her. When she talks to, you know, detectives or insurance people or the banks, the stories that she tells and the tears come on. Yes. Yes. She's very, she's very good. She's very smart. She's very crafty. She's very manipulative. And it seems like she has an ability or, you know, some type of charisma or charm to sway people's opinions, even against their better judgment. Um, so she's got a lot going on in different facets, but she does kill this man. Um, and he also, just like Jody said, is they think that he had stomach cancer. Like it was just a very tragic early death and that he had stomach cancer. Um, and you know, not that Belle actually killed him, which is, (laughs) she did. And then she sets her sights on going to America to, I mean, to join her sister, but mostly to make a new start for herself because she's tired of being little Brynhild. She wants to remake herself. Um, and and so everyone's she, talking about like what happened. Yes. All the gossip is never going to go away. She's never going to like get out from under that. No, she's not going to live it down. And nobody I mean, cared. Very small community. I mean, she started off where there was already gossip about her family, and now it's even worse. Yeah, nobody cared what happened to her except for her one friend that she worked with and her mom. Mm-hmm. Her dad yeah. didn't care. Her dad blamed her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nobody cared the horrific thing that happened to her. No. Oh. So she asks her sister. Um, to send money to help her get to America. Um, yes. And she's all, she's also, 
um, gatherings, you know, she's still working, so she's getting funds too, but she's asking her sister. And, like, her sister is, they're not wealthy either. Like, Nellie and her husband, John, aren't super wealthy either. But little Brynhild also manipulates her, in a sense, and, like, tugs on her heartstrings to make it seem like she has to come, like, somehow, you know, her, like, very life is at stake if she doesn't because something horrific happened. And she doesn't outright ever say what happened to her, but it she implies heavily um, yeah. that that's happening. So she gets the money. Nellie and John give her money as well to come over. And she comes to America. And Nellie is super excited. Like, she really loves her sister. She's Big Brynhild, by the way. Big Brynhild and Little Brynhild. <laughs> I, I don't know about Norwegian names, but I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, Nellie is super stoked. Like, she's really excited. But she also really wants help because she has um, a child already. And then she's pregnant. And she's having a really hard time because she has she's been having really difficult pregnancies and she expects her sister to to help her and it doesn't quite work out that way when little Brynhild who's now Bella um moves in with them it she's not as helpful as Nellie would have hoped she would be she mostly is interested in again it's all for herself Um, And she is mostly interested in learning English, um, getting to learn Chicago, uh, which is where Nellie and John are in Chicago, and, like, roaming around. She's not really interested. Mm -hmm. Looking for her husband. But not not a Norwegian farmer. No. No. She wants somebody of a higher caliber. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't want to. Well, she doesn't want to be on a farm, but then she ends up buying a farm. But I guess it's okay because it, it was her farm. It's her farm. Um, it's yeah. different. Yeah, but yeah, she definitely is discerning in who she wants to marry. Well, then she everyone is. keeps telling her, "You need to find a husband. You need to find a husband. You need to find a husband." Because that's like the only way you're going to survive is if you find a husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she definitely doesn't want to be. A servant or a maid no and I think that's even more obvious when she's like kind of like practicing her charm and flirtation <laughs> skills on this Norwegian he's not a farmer but he's like a laborer um and like she's practicing and he thinks that she's really interested and but he does try and take advantage of her and then she stabs him in the leg with scissors um and so she gets an even more of a reputation in this very small Chicago Norwegian community of violence <laughs> and you basically you know nobody wants to hang out with her because she's a lot so she's <laughs> She she goes back to what she knows, and she's like, I know the Bible inside out, so I'm going to be really pious. Um, and she goes back to the church, which even her sister says, like, as a kid, it's cute because you look really smart, like you're really cool. But then as an adult, it looks like you're very austere and like the, the whole thing 
changes a bit. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so. Well, it works. <laughs> it, it works. It sure works. Um, and she, that's where she meets Mad Sorensen. Um, and she, again, she's charming. She can, like, basically, at first, anyways, mold herself into whatever she thinks that you want until she shows her true face. And Mad Sorensen really thinks he's getting, like, a kind, lovely, young wife. Uh, and that's not at all what he gets. <laughs> she is terrible to him. She is she really really is. terrible to him. Um, she wants all of this stuff. And she, I mean, even in the beginning, like she's spending, spending, spending all of this money. And he's like, whoa, please slow down. Like, <laughs> I can't afford you buying. Because she's like living the high life. She's having like steak all the time and buying all these new clothes and all this new furniture. Because she really wants to show the world, like, I am not that poor farm girl that I used to be. Like, I'm a lady of Chicago now. Uh, and so she's buying all this stuff. And he's just like, whoa, I can't, I can't sustain this. I can't afford you buying all this stuff. And she's like, work harder. That's <laughs> what she told him. Work harder. <laughs> go get, Go get three more jobs. Like, clearly you're not working hard enough. This is a you problem, not a me problem. I'm doing nothing but shopping, but you need to go get more jobs. Yes. Uh, You need to work harder. And, um, again, this is implied. We don't know. But it's implied in the book that after the, the beating that she received when she lost the first baby, that she can no longer conceive children. Um. That's heavily implied in the book. And in the book, none of these children are her nat- her natural children, despite what she claims. None, none of them are. And the book makes it seem like she really loves kids, whereas in real life, I think that's a little bit iffier. Well, I mean, since she killed them all, I'm going to say she did not. <laughs> but in the book, she seems to really love at least as babies. Some of them. Some of them she well, seems to love more like than others. Small babies. When they get older, not as much. But small children. When they're still like like dependent on her and come to her for everything and, you know, like look at her like she's everything. But when they get older and don't need her and, you know, don't see her the same way as when. Or Flash start to see who she actually is. Is when they disappear. Her true face. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, she basically is like, dude, this is a you problem, Mads. You need to work harder. You're clearly a terrible husband. You're not providing me with the things that I deserve. Um, but also, on the other hand, being like, we need to have a child because that will fix everything. That'll, That'll make, make us me all happy. better. That'll make me happy. I'll be happy and sweet again, like when we first got married, which is a total lie. Um, but she also starts poisoning Mads. Like, not enough to kill him, but enough to make his life extremely unpleasant. Where she'll be sick for months at a time. 
which is weird because she wants him to work more to make more money, but then she makes him so sick that he can't work. No. So, hello. Contradiction. <laughs> and it's like her, <laughs> the longer it goes on, like the more rage builds up within her that she's like, the more and more she starts doing this. And so, she, you know, they can't naturally have a child. So she's going to go adopt a, a child. So she goes to this adoption event. Um, and there she meets Infamous, who's not in real life. I think in real life, the char- the book character, James Lee, is kind of like the Ray Lamphere character in the end. But I don't know. It's So this character, um, James Lee, comes into her life. And this is, I think, where she really lets her base instincts come out um, because he gives credence to the worst parts of herself mm-hmm. um, and allows, you know, allows them to, to be and to normalize them, I guess. Because um, yes, that's this is, <laughs> yeah, this their is darkness when it talks to each other. Yes, it does. This is when the book really kind of takes even more of a turn um, is with Mr. James Lee. They have an immediate attraction to each other. And James Lee starts supplying um, Belle or Bella at this point with children. Uh, we don't know where these children came from. It's implied that they're coming from you know families who cannot take care of them. Um, but He's <laughs> at the end, we... Yeah, at the end, we see a little bit more, and that is definitely not the case of where he's acquiring the children. Um, but he, he's acquiring children, and this is where she gets, you know, her, her this is the start of her acquiring all of these children, is with James Lee. And it, this is where she gets Jenny, right? Um, I think she gets her a little bit later. A little bit later? Mm-hmm. I think she gets her a little bit later in the book. Because she does, she pretends to be pregnant with Matt, yeah. remember? Because his brother is very suspicious of everything that's well, like going on. Because he, understandably so. Because Mads wrote him a letter in the book. So it's like, yeah, if anything <laughs> happens to me, Belle did it. <laughs> basically yeah well because she was like also beating him remember she was hitting yeah. him and like throwing things at him so he would have like black eyes Bruises. and stuff like that and he even went to her sister and is like basically like i need your help your sister is insane he's out of control um, and then they just decided well yeah she's just upset because she can't have a kid having a child will make her happy and everything will be fine and she won't beat you anymore um yeah that's not really the thing. But then she, you know, feigned pregnancy. But Mads knew she wasn't pregnant. Yeah. Because they hadn't even been having relations. I think because he's everybody super sick. Because he was super he like, was bedridden. Super sick, like all he's the bedridden. time. Yeah. Bedridden with his poison. Um, so, yeah. But then, you know, he was happy with the foster kids. Because they had foster kids, too, already, I think. And then she feigned mm-hmm. pregnancy. Sorry, the factual stuff and the book are like crossing over in my brain. It's yeah, it's hard to keep it straight because the book is very close. It um, is very close, but factually, in the real story, James Lee doesn't exist. Yes, um, that we know of. 
But I mean, yeah, she could have had someone, you know, like helping her and whispering in her ear because this is the stuff that she did do in real life is a lot for one person. Busy, you know, triplers need not apply. She's not a tripler. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> I want to get a shirt that says that. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, but the, but yeah, but so then there was a, his brother was like came and visited mm-hmm. and was trying to put a stop to all this, but nothing ever. Folks, I mean, clearly, since since Mads married her. It's very obvious his life has gone downhill. And yes. it's obvious that there is a specific reason as to why. And, and it's Belle. <laughs> it is the woman he married. But he um, sadly does not survive. He does not survive. Belle finally killed him. Um, which he, like, in the book anyways, like, he had finally started to get better because Belle wasn't poisoning him so much anymore. Because she has kids to look after now. Um, and she's like, they have like three kids at this point, don't they? They have a like few. At least, at least two. At least yeah. two. Um, but so she finally fully poisons him. Like she gives him a whole bunch of poison. And he dies almost immediately. Just like in real life, very conveniently. As one life insurance was about to expire and another one just activated. So she gets a double payout. Wait, they also had one of their foster kids died too. Did the foster kid die before Mads? Or yes, after Mads? The, I think before. Before. Yeah. But it's like very hazy as to the reason why. Colitis. Yeah. Acute colitis. Code. We're doing finger quotes. Code for poison. <laughs> Probs. Well, and then she, also before this, they did open the candy store because Belle thought it would be a great avenue. And this is like another of her schemes that she does in the book, anyways, with James Lee, and probably in real life with somebody or not with herself. But she likes to. She's become an arsonist, and she'll light things on fire to get insurance payments that way. And so they do have this candy store, but it's not making money like she thought. And so she sets it on fire to get the insurance money for the building because she wants a bigger and better house. And that's how she does it. And then she kills her husband and gets even more money. And then it's kind of like, well, I need to get out of Dodge now. <laughs> I need to, yeah, I need it's to all find very suspicious. myself. Yeah. Well, because like, I, I mean, I don't think anyone insur- thought he was actually ill. No. The Everyone insurance company knew, but... is investigating because Mads' brother is like, something fishy is happening here, which it, it was. He was correct. Um, so, you know, she's being investigated. But then she, again, turns on, turns on the manipulation and the waterworks and um, is all. Oh, how dare you do this to me? I have these kids to raise and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's got all of these kids that she supposedly has to raise, and she does turn on the waterworks, and she makes it, you know, she makes herself into, like, a victim so that they buy it and they believe that 
that is what she's doing. But now she really needs to get out of town. Like she does buy a new house again with the uh, money that she got from Mads' death, the two life insurance policies that she acquired. She gets a really big house in Chicago. Um, but even that house isn't good enough. Like even this new house that, so the new house that she bought with the insurance money from Mads' death, that new house becomes not good enough either after a while. Like she has this thing where she thinks like there's mold everywhere and basically nothing pleases her anymore. Um, so she's got to start fresh. She's got to start new. So she sets fire to this house too. <laughs> um, and I, I should say before we move on to her murder farm, uh, at least in the book, the relationship with James Lee really got solidified and they really showed each other their darkness after James Lee killed that man that Belle stabbed with the scissors. Mm-hmm. They really um, talk about a folly ado, right? They really yes. bonded after yes. that. Yes. She, yes, she loves that little button he gave her from that guy's coat and wears it around her mm-hmm. neck and you know rubs it all the time as like her little talisman he sure does and uh, he but does but he does seem to really like like her no he does like he yeah. asks her to marry him all the time and mm-hmm. she's like no yeah let's run away together and have this crazy life and she just wants to have she wants like a stable home and all this money and and she wants like a modicum of respectability too in the community like she's you know giving back and and she's a wonderful mother and all this stuff which she's not but But nobody nobody thinks that because she's (laughs) all these fires and deaths and she's not friendly or nice no and she was awful to her sister when she was staying there I mean, she continues to be awful to her sister mm. until yes. her sister finally kind of stands up to her. I don't know. It took like decades. It, it did. And many, many deaths. <laughs> many deaths for her sister to finally be like, you know what? Stop maybe, it. Maybe she's not okay. <laughs> maybe she's not as misunderstood as I thought. Maybe she's not poor little Brunhild anymore. She's not little Brynhild any longer. She's Belle. She's Hell's Belle. Hell's Belle. But yeah, so she sets fire to the new house in Chicago. She's also somehow able to collect all of these insurance policies on these suspicious fires. But she does it. And so with that money and the money from Mads' death, she's able to buy a farm in Laporte. And then while she's going to buy this farm, there there's a girl she came over on the boat with from Norway to New York. And she finds this girl and is like, I need a new husband. <laughs> Make that happen for me, please. Who do you know? <laughs> Set me up. Um, and what was that guy's name? The next one. Something Gunnis is his. Yeah. Do you remember his first name? 
Um, yes, I do. His name is. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. I know. Um, I do know his name. What is it? I want to say Paul, but I don't think that Peter. Peter. Peter Gunnis, which she has met before. She met Peter Gunnis before, and they have a connection. And it's like a also weird, creepy connection because he is a butcher. Rush. And that's like kind of why she likes him because he smells cool. kind of like blood. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's like the last person she really should have ended up with to teach her how to butcher things. <laughs> but that's. That's that's who she chooses. She's got her sight set, and she goes to this lady to be like, "Hook me up with this, some new farmer." But really, her sights are set on Peter Gunnis. Um. So I mean, I don't know. Well, she has she has put the feelers out there, I guess. But her sights are really set on Peter Gunnis, and she's determined that that is her man, and she gets it because his wife Turning. had just his wife had just died. And so he was She's a widow very and he had, he two had children. children. One of whom is very sickly. It's one of only whom like, is not. What, like eight months old or something like that? Yeah, just a really baby. young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he moves in. It's cool at first. Seems like everything is going well. Perhaps this is a good match for the two of them. Peter teaches Belle how to butcher animals the proper way. Um, and she is into it. And um, but it it turns sour fast. Because I mean Belle is terrible, so it's like not a surprise that it turns so bad so fast, but just like in in the real story, Belle is in charge of, um, you know, the, all of the children in the household. And under her charge, Peter's youngest daughter dies. Um, and even in the book, it's very hazy as to, like, did she succumb to an illness or did? Because Belle also gives the children laudanum drops to, like, make them sleepy. Um, and like calm them down. So, did this child die naturally because it was already ill, or did Belle kill her? Well, in the book, Belle killed her for sure. Yeah, but it's it's, in real life, we don't know. No, it's it's hazy. She probably did, but there's a really strong chance that yes very strong chance that she did (laughs) because Uh, the the sickly (laughs) child i think was taking too much of peter's attention Attention. from her and the child was too needy because she was sickly Mm -hmm. and so she handled it she did but that i mean really really changes the game and the dynamic in this relationship obviously like peter is extremely distraught over his daughter's death and his older daughter doesn't like Belle at all which is fair her mom just died mm-hmm. um that's a lot and her sister just died too um so but he he starts to blame Belle for his daughter's death i think he sees the writing on the wall at this point and is like this you're you're something else. 
this is mm-hmm. you are <laughs> beyond the pale. <laughs> uh, like uh, you're something else. Yes. And so Peter also conveniently dies. Um, and she gets life insurance on him too. She says he fell. He either fell into or it fell on him like a meat grinder fell on his head. Mm-hmm. Because he has a giant gash on his head where she actually used a cleaver. Yes. <laughs> yes. But a meat grinder fell on his head. I mean, it's quite the story <laughs> that she spins. But somehow they buy it. I mean, she really does have to convince more so than ever this time. Mm-hmm. Um of of the shenanigans that happened and but one of her daughters sees what actually happened mm-hmm. she saw her mom stab peter in the head with a cleaver from behind mm-hmm. but and tries to tell nelly but nelly at this point is not ready to hear the truth about her sister so I think she tells her to keep her. it a secret. Well, she's also terrified. I mean, I would be terrified. Yeah. Run rightfully so. You would probably die. <laughs> so I'd be scared I'm su- too. I'm surprised she didn't. I know she in the book she thought about it, but I'm surprised oh, she that she did it. Yeah. But in real life, it said that they really just, they were, didn't in the book, they stayed, yeah, they stayed having interactions. Mm-hmm. But in real life, it says pretty much after she tried to take her child, they just never really talked after that. Which, again, it's, it's fair. understandably so. It's fair. Um, so, Peter's dead. Collects life insurance on Peter. But Peter's family is fighting it. And they also want his oldest daughter. Which Belle does not want to relinquish her. Um, for, I think, more control and power than anything else. It's definitely not altruistic. She does not even like this kid. Oh, no, because, like, his estate goes to his heir, right? Mm-hmm. Or stays in yeah, the Yeah, which is right? the daughter, until she somehow magically, with James Lee, is able to acquire Oh, wait, she's a baby magically boy. pregnant. She's pregnant again. She's pregnant right. again. Whoa. Right. right when someone's investigating her husband's death, she's magically pregnant Whoa. again. Whoa, what a coinky dink. Um, and she, you know, she already has these cushions from before that she used, her, so she's her set to seat. go. <laughs> gets all her gets all her props back out of her trunk. Yes, <laughs> basically. Uh, so, and she's believed. They believe her, and now she doesn't need that kid because this son is the new heir of the estate. So, I think. Peter's daughter does get a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean, good for her that she escaped. Yes, she survived. The only way she survived, pretty much. Yeah, she um, wouldn't have survived otherwise. No, so now Belle has three kids. She's Jenny, the next daughter, and Philip, the little boy. That's what she has now. Um, supposedly they say she loves kids. I don't know. I, does she love anything but herself? I don't I think know. she has four at this point. She has four at this point? Cause, yeah, because so in the end, she come and go from this household. 
Because in the end, she has three after Jenny disappears. I think they're, I think she has four right now. I think she has like Lucy, Myrtle. Three girls and Lucy, Myrtle, Philip, and Jenny. Yes. Four, three girls and one boy. Yes. Yes. For the moment. And everything, for the moment. And everything seems to be going okay until. Jenny starts getting a little bit older and starts to like actually see things and being like, you know, like weird things are afoot. Because we have all of these guys who come to this farm and they only stay for a night and then they conveniently leave in the middle of the night, but leave all of their stuff behind. So there's like a whole room of trunks and suitcases and jackets and they never come back to get them. Yeah, not suspicious at all. And they all just leave in the middle of the night. And there's a locked cellar. I mean. And that nobody's allowed to go into. Not, again, but Belle. not suspicious at all. Supposedly because the steps are dangerous. Mm-hmm. But not for um, Belle. But not for Belle. But for everyone else. The steps are dangerous. And really in the cellar, she's uh, butchering these men and cutting them in pieces and burying them in the yard. So her ads, yeah. she's not really looking for a husband or love. No. No, she's kind of over the looking for the husband actual part of it. She's just looking for the money. money and this is her because money they scheme. Have, yeah, because they have to bring like $1,000 up front. So she, again, yeah. so she knows they're not triflers. So this is like that other guy that we talked about, the Lonely Hearts guy, yeah. who, would, who would woo the women, get their money, and then kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would have been a good match, a match made in heaven. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, but the, yeah, this is her new scheme, and it's working, and it works for a long time until Jenny starts to get older and is like, "Hmm, something weird's happening here." And then Nellie comes over because they're not as in touch as they once were. And she comes over to kind of check on the girls because Nellie, like, she knows something is up, but she's too afraid of her sister to say anything. Um, and she's kind of joking to the kids like, oh, maybe, you know, there's sweets down there, down the cellar that you should go to. And Jenny's like terrified. She's like, oh, yeah, don't go down. Don't there. do it. Don't do it. Don't question her. Just don't question her. Um, but Jenny starts questioning her after this because the their two little girls go down. They didn't go down all the way, but they started, uh, and they got severely punished by Belle. And then Jenny is like, "I want to know what's going on," because she knows something weird is going on. So she goes down into the cellar and she sees Belle at work. Butchering a man. Honing her craft. <laughs> and Belle's like, you know, mm-hmm. now I have to take care of Jenny. Oh, poor Jenny. Poor Jenny. And so she contacts James Lee. And it's a very elaborate plot. But, like. Their schemes get, are very, yes. Very, very like, thought out and planned. Yeah. Yeah. But they get these two people who are basically sex traffickers that they're going to sell quote unquote sell Jenny to um, 
and make her disappear that way. But really, they kill those two people. They kill Jenny. And then they make it like those two people were from a university because Jenny is going to go to Los Angeles to be a lawyer now. So it's very complex. It is. I don't know how they keep all the lies straight. No, but crazy. So poor, poor Jenny. Jenny dies, and then it really all starts to fall apart. Like it all starts to fall apart in the book, anyways. Um, where Belle didn't realize how much help Jenny was with the kids, and she can't keep up with everything. Slash, she's less concerned about the children and more concerned about her money-making empire and killing these men. She does have like some different couple different farm hands. Yes, that um, come in and out. That come in and out. One that she tries to marry the one. Yeah. Right? Well, he wants right? to marry her. And then that doesn't work. But then he wants to like like take, take charge of the farm and take yeah. charge and then she's done yeah that's she's never out. gonna happen yeah that's never gonna happen and she is i mean she seduces all these men all these men that come she's has relationships with all these men even for just the night so i mean she is definitely working at it she is and but it's like all starting to crumble and then ray lamphere comes in He's a farmhand. Um, in the book, it doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of agency because Belle will just be like, dig a Do this, roughly yeah. body-sized hole <laughs> six feet deep. <laughs> for, the, for the garbage. For yeah, the for garbage. The garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's like what I'm going to put in. Multiple times. And he's yeah. just like, okay. That's what I'm going to put in there. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> We should say, too, that James Lee has been sending her packages. Yes. Um, of people. Of, you know, a person in a trunk um, that he wants her to dispose of. On the farm. So this is her way. This is her, like, um, quid pro quo situation where he's been helping her. So now it's her mm-hmm. turn um, to help him. And I will say that there is a lot of. I read a lot of stuff like speculation in the real story that there was a lot of these rumors that Belle worked for the mafia and that's what her murder farm was. I don't think that's true. I think she's just straight up serial killer, but there were lots of rumors about that. Um, And that, you know, may have kind of inspired this little bit of the James Lee thing, sending her bodies to get rid Mm -hmm. of. Because he did have a lot of connect. He had a lot of connections to a lot of people and a lot of things. Um, he did. He really did. Um, but like, also, she actively enjoys killing people. Oh yeah. Like she it's even says so. She's good. At, well, she's good at it. She takes For great pride. In, she takes great pride in it. For a time. She likes seeming like she's smarter, and I've outsmarted all these people. Look mm. at me. All these things. Look at all my yeah. money. But I mean, you know, Nellie, her sister, figures it out. Which it it's <laughs> with all that Nellie knows, it's not hard to put those dots together. Um, but finally, she gets like the courage to confront her, and she's like, "You gotta stop, or I'm gonna turn you into the police, and you're gonna die, basically, because 
you've murdered all these people. (laughs) And you've murdered Jenny. Yeah. Because, like, uh, Nellie's daughter, the one that Belle tried to take, and Jenny are really good friends. And Nellie's daughter doesn't understand why Jenny never writes her back. Also, or why the all of the letters that go to Jenny have to go through Belle first. Mm-hmm. To be mailed, quote-unquote mailed to yes. Jenny. And conveniently, all the letters that Belle gets from Jenny, oh, the farmhand got rid of them, or, I, you know, lost them, threw them away, burned them. Oh, yeah, convenient. Just Very those things. Convenient. Just the letters from Jenny. Just the letters Not from Jenny. Not any other mail. Just the letters from Jenny. Yeah. But at least Nellie was smart when she went to confront Belle and took her son, her adult son with her, and she didn't just show up there alone, you know. So that was smart on Nellie's part. Because if she had been alone, she probably would have not left the farm. No. I'm sure she wouldn't have. <laughs> uh, but she, you know, Nellie finally does confront Belle and she's like, you gotta stop or I'm going to turn you into the cops. And that's it. Hard ultimatum. And Belle is kind of like, maybe this is when I do stop. But she can't <laughs> stop at this point. Like, she can't. And all of the lies and all of the things that she's done are catching up to her. Because all of these relatives of all of these missing dudes that she has all of their belongings are, <laughs> like, some of them are like, where's this person? Like, what happened to him? He, this is unlike him. He wouldn't just do this. And some of them really push it. And, you know, no. <laughs> Belle goes back to what she does best, arson and, and murder. Um, and she decides that the way that she's going to fix this problem so she doesn't have to go to jail is she's going to kill her children, um, lure this lady from Chicago and under the guise of being a housemaid in her house, which she does, which is also super sketch. But again, somehow she can turn on the charm um, and kills that lady. And then burns the house down. (laughs) And in the book, it's, I mean, she didn't die. We don't know what happened to her, but she didn't die. Uh, In real life, we actually don't know. She probably didn't die in real life either. But we don't know what happened to her after this point. We have no clue. I mean, it was a good plan. It (laughs) worked. It worked. I mean, it's unfortunate. I mean, in the book, um, killing her last three children was an accident. Um, yeah, it, I mean. But maybe not subliminally. She, you know, maybe wasn't really an accident. Um, she poisoned all of these oranges and told her kids not to eat them. Which they're starving because she's not making them any food anymore. And they kept asking about the oranges. So, like, I would be like, okay, they're going to sneak the oranges. Like, I would have known that they were going to sneak the oranges. Well, they're kids. And they're hungry. Of course they are. Yeah. I mean, she did, in the book, she did seem upset that she poisoned her last three children. She did seem upset (laughs) about it. At least. Because she didn't seem upset about any of the other ones. No, passed. she wasn't even that upset about Jenny, other than the fact that it made her life harder. Yeah, it was inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then she just, you know, goes off on her merry way with James Lee. Like he always James wanted anyway. Like he always wanted anyway. Yep. And then we don't know. We have no idea what happened to her after that. I assume they went on a murder spree together. <laughs> Probably. He was better at covering his tracks. Yeah. Shamefully. Also, he didn't aspire to so many things like Belle Gunness and that hunger and greed are really what made it not work out for her. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how many things did work out in her favor. I know. She just got, like, how many things you got away with. Because, like, nowadays, if you have one house that burns down, they're going to be suspicious. If you have multiple things that have burnt down. And yeah, multiple no. husbands that have died suspiciously. Yeah. And children. you have life insurance policies yeah. on all And children. Them. Yeah. And your children are mysteriously dying. And you have life insurance on your children. Because most people don't have life insurance on their children. Some do, but most people don't. And it's, I mean, you know, yeah. Red flags all over the place. And literally everywhere. Literally everywhere. <laughs> I mean, one after the other. Truly. Uh, but, you know, she managed to get away with it for a long time. And ultimately, she never paid for any of her crimes. We, we don't. Well, actually, we don't know. Maybe she did. I don't know. We don't we don't know what happened to her. After she supposedly died, though, you would think that you would get somebody of your same size if you were going to like stage your own death yeah well because it says she went as far as even putting taking out her false teeth and putting them next to the body so that um, they would identify by they the would teeth. identify but again but the I mean, body under- was like five three but i understand i understand the like the point of the decapitation but that's also weird like you don't get decapitated in a fire so they were no. trying to say that he ray Murdered her, decapitated her, and then burned mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. Which they could not prove, because he did not do it. Yeah. And then he told them everything, like, that she did, her little, about her murder farm, and what she did with the men, with the ads, and all these things. And yes, he was complicit, because he did help he with disposal. He did. <laughs> he did. He should be in jail. <laughs> he yes. should. He should have been. Yes. So at least he did. He got. He went to jail. But he again, did. we don't know. Like if she had other people helping her this whole time either. Because again, is that all these things is a lot for one person. It is a lot for one person. But it is a she, lot for one person. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't need help because she was a sturdy woman. So she was. But two, maybe there was someone like James Lee because again, if these all these kids that she had were not, none of them were hers. Then where was no. she getting all these children from? You know, because I would think though they wouldn't just keep giving her kids if they kept mysteriously dying, like an actual, you know. Adoption agency or whatever. 
well, you've had three mysterious deaths of children. We're probably not going to let you adopt anymore. And several cases of arson. But who knows? Yeah. Back, but who knows back then? Maybe they didn't care. And maybe some of them were actually hers in real life. Who knows? I don't think so. I don't think so either because a lot of the ones, too, that came later, she was not young. No. I think the last, I think the one when she was staying with hers, Philip, I think everyone was really suspicious. She had to because be in she her, was like, in her mid in her 50s. Yeah, she was At like in her, her 40s. mid 40s. Yeah, when she supposedly was pregnant with the last Philip. one. Yeah, and they're like, she was having trouble getting pregnant before when she was first married to Mads. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, she's at 45, she's having right one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, again, were they legitimately adopted? Were they stolen off the streets? We don't know. Stolen. <laughs> so many unanswered questions. Right. But truly fascinating. I recommend the documentaries. And the, I listened to this one podcast. I won't say what it was called, mostly because I don't remember. But they were very, very sympathetic to Belle. Like, very. And I was like, yeah, no. No. Even if that horrible beginning happened to her. Okay, even if she had an abusive dad and then she had this horrible thing happen to her with that guy that she got pregnant by. That does not excuse any Murders. of the stuff she did. No. <laughs> I excuse murdering your children and you know chopping people up and burying them and feeding them to your hogs just to steal your money their money like no murdering like 40 plus men don't even know how many no and, and we'll the, never yeah. know how many because they couldn't even identify all of the bones that they found Mm-mm. yeah they only it says they were only able to put together like 14 which even still that's but there is much more mm-hmm. and we'll well, never know and those are just the ones on the farm right so that doesn't include the husbands that she didn't dispose of that we know that people know died the children that people know died because you know they had funerals and things yeah so there's not even you know and then we don't even know if she did anything before the supposed attack when she was a teen she could have she could have done all kinds of things She's clearly a sociopath. <laughs> Little Brynhild. Little Brynhild, man. Yeah. But yeah. Fasc- super fascinating, though. It was. It was, a, it was like a dense, sad read, but it was a quick read. Like, the book was fast, and it was. It stayed pretty darn close to the truth with some imaginative retelling. Yeah, no, I thought it, I, she did a really good job, I thought, of adding in the extra story and the character of James Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all made sense. Yeah, because that would actually make sense um, to have, you know, someone, you know, kind of being like her partner somewhat, you know, to some extent. Did a good job. I felt like I was, I felt like I was reading, you know, a nonfiction novel because I had already read all the other stuff. So a lot of it did, like, I did, like, get confused <laughs> with things because I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's in the book. Oh, no, that's that's the factual part. But Which is fair because they are very close at times, sometimes exact. What hap- actually happened and what happened in the book. 
Yes. Fascinating character. Yes. It's too bad that nobody like like that she wasn't in jail. Like someone could have like interviewed her to like, you know, be a fascinating character study, personality study. Mm-hmm. But we'll never know. No, no witnesses. No witnesses. That is Belle Gunness, the Black Widow of Laporte. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you join us next time on Dark Fascination. Have you met Libby? Libby allows you to borrow ebooks, audiobooks, and magazines instantly. Browse films through Canopy on Libby as well in the extras section. Download the Libby app for access on your smart devices. To get started, visit ssjcpl.org. To stay up to date with library news, follow us at ssjcpl.org on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit our website at ssjcpl.org.